Oakland preview time. Syracuse plays Oakland. I believe they're the Bears. Uh, They're not a very good basketball team. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about the upcoming stretch and all of Syracuse basketball. It's on Locked On Syracuse. It's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. This episode brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks, a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word, at checkout to get that extra 30% off your order. Uh, We're talking about the Golden Grizzlies of Oakland today. They're not the Bears. They're the Golden Grizzlies, which I like 10 times more than the Bears. (laughs) Um, They're bad. They're 2-8 and on the year. Their last win came against Eastern Michigan, which is not a terrible school. They won that game 92-90. to They won their first game against Defiance. 92 to 27. That was a blowout. And they've lost their other eight games. Um, they're not a good team. One that Syracuse should absolutely blow out of the water. I wouldn't call this game exciting, but hey, Syracuse has lost bad games in the past, so you shouldn't just close the book on it already because uh we know what can happen here. Uh, though, like we talked about in yesterday's episode, the upcoming stretch for Syracuse basketball is going to uh, tell us a lot about where they're going to go. They should obviously win every single one of the games ahead, which is Monmouth, Cornell, Georgetown, uh, of course, Oakland. And then there's at the end, I believe Louisville and Pitt to round it out. And maybe there's a BC in there. All these should be wins. Um, Yeah. I mean, Owen, what are your thoughts here? I'm I'm looking at this game and to talk, you know, football equivalents, this is a Wagner game. It really is. I mean, this is a game that you should be up big at halftime, and we should be questioning running clock in the second half. That is the type of game this is supposed to be. Uh, You've got two of these on the schedule. Monmouth and Oakland are both, you know, in that boat in Ken Palm's, you know, outside of Ken Palm's top 300 basketball teams in the country. Uh, This is not a team that should give Syracuse trouble. However, as you said, teams like this sometimes give Syracuse trouble, especially early on. Uh, So I'm I'm really interested to see, you know, can Syracuse play that complete game? And I know when they're playing games against opponents like this, them playing a complete game is what they're supposed to do. But it's good to see them do what they're supposed to do. Same when, you know, people throw the Gerard comment out there. Oh, he scored 20 points. That's what he's supposed to do. It's good to see a guy do what he's supposed to do. So I want to see this team come out and do that, right? You you have an opportunity to, to have really a gimme game and, and just be able to blow past this game uh, with minimal issue. I want them to be able to do that. And that that's really important for me. And I think when you look at this game and the upcoming stretch, 
I want it to be as easy of a stretch as advertised because that's what it should be. And this is a perfect opportunity for a young team to build and figure itself out and continue to grow and change that mentality and approach to enter, you know, games. I think it'll be game four of ACC play when this seven game stretch ends of very easy games for Syracuse. Nope. Game five for them when they get to Virginia on January 7th and you're in game five of the ACC and you should have a lot of things ironed out, even with a young team, even with the way this season has started, you have a really, really good opportunity ahead of you that you need to capitalize on because it is a golden chance for you to figure out what's going wrong, how to approach it and figure out a lot of different ways and test a lot of different ways to combat the numerous problems that have faced the Syracuse basketball program eight games into the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the time to gel, right? It's the time for this team to get its legs, figure it out. Um, what kind of team are you going to be? Who's going to be the rebounder that we spoke about yesterday? I said that stat about Cole Swider being second in rebounds. He was first, like Owen pointed out, not only in what he averaged, but also total rebounds by the end of the year. He was first. Jimmy Beheim was second. So Jesse Edwards is going to lead the team in rebounds this year. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, but there's going to have to be a guy who's second, and he's going to have to be close, and it's going to have to be Benny Williams. Um, or Justin Taylor, if he ends up stepping up. So, I mean, we're going to see if there's going to be a lineup change, you're probably going to see it in this stretch because Bayheim's going to have the liberty of trying different things out and seeing who works where. He has talked so much like smack about Chris Bell in post game press conferences. I, I think he's threatened Bell to not play in a press conference like seven times, yet he's still out there every game. <laughs> So uh, I don't know what that is from Beheim. Maybe just trying to rile him up. Maybe just trying to uh, motivate him. Maybe that's his way. And maybe it's worked in the past. I don't know if it will with Bell. I know it hasn't worked for plenty of guys, namely Frank Anselm, who just left, uh, Jalen Carey, who's gone, Bryson Goodine, Kadari Richmond, and the list goes on. Um, but Chris yeah. Bell guy me, who have to rebound. I'll throw the the teacher comparison in there, right? When you threaten to send the next person to do this down to the principal's office and the next person that does that, you give another warning. No one takes you seriously, right? When you threaten, if Chris Bell doesn't get rebounds, he's not going to play. And then he follows that up with a 30-minute game or a game that he starts. Once again, do the threats carry that much weight at this point? Right. And MP I will say he's not going to be the spark for Bell. He might do the Alan Griffin at the end of 2021, where he, <laughs> Griffin started every game, but especially in the tournament. I remember, I don't know if it was the San Diego State game or maybe it was the Houston game. I think it was at Hinkle, which was must have made it the first or the third game. Um, Griffin started. He they went down the floor. He had an open three, bricked it. Immediately, not even one minute into the game, Bayheim said, "Get the heck out of this game." <laughs> so I don't know yes. if that's what uh, the Chris Bell strategy might be for Bayheim. I don't know what he's going to do with that small forward position. That's the one with the most contention. But like we talked about yesterday on the episode, Justin Taylor is on his heels, man. And yep. I, I mean, he played thirty minutes in last game. He hits his shots when he's open. He's big. He rebounds. He gets into the paint. Justin Taylor. He might deserve a start at this point. 
Yeah, and I, I think I don't even hate a money ball approach to this, honestly. Right? You don't need somebody that's averaging eight rebounds a game. But the 40 yeah. minutes that comprise that three-guard spot or that small forward spot needs to comprise of you know six, seven, eight rebounds a game at the least. Uh, you can moneyball it, right? I don't need this to just be Justin Taylor's averaging eight a game or at the four, Benny Williams is averaging eight rebounds a game. But I guess between the, say, 80 minutes at the three and four combined, you need to be you know, easily into double figures and on your way towards 20 rebounds as a duo. Maybe you know, 15 rebounds in that combined 80 minutes, I think, is what you need, the way Edwards has been rebounding and crashing the boards. But you do need two guys to step things up. Uh, and even the third guy, right? I haven't mean you've had flashes, right? And I hate that I keep using the word flashes. Every episode I say he's showing flashes and I want to get away from it. But you're seeing it a little bit. Occasionally, Benny crashes the boards and does a really good job getting the board. Uh, same thing with Taylor. There's not that consistency though. And Bell has not shown it, period. You've got to start seeing these three guys step up you know, and grab three, four rebounds a game, right? I'm not asking each guy to get 10 or each guy to get seven or eight, but you've got to be three, four in that range. I mean, Bell's averaging less than one, right? Taylor is getting there. I like the aggression in terms of rebounding, but these guys, and you, you've got to sort of step back and, you know, you don't need to replace Jason Giambi, but you yeah. need to do something to, to have someone step in and replace that production and the production of three guys. And right now it's, you need to place that two, two positions, right? Your three and your four are not combining for enough rebounds every game. And that is why you consistently get out rebounded. Even in a game where you're playing Notre Dame, a team that has nothing on you rebounding wise, and they out rebound you by seven, your three and fours need to combine for probably twice as many rebounds as they're currently getting per game, maybe even a little bit more to figure this out and have that solution be really solidified for me. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to note that like, I'm, you know, I was going to say, I'm not worried about the team, but now that I think about that, we've seen some bad performances and the Notre Dame game was a big win, but like yeah. a lot of people pointed out in the replies and the comments on our Twitter, you're not going to win every game shooting three of 18, and you're not going to win every game when only two of your guys scored. Um, obviously, everybody scored, but only two of them scored double digits. Yeah, That's a little bit worrisome. Um, this is the stretch that's going to prove that. But anyway, Owen, hit me with an Omaha Steaks ad read. Oh, this yeah. is an ad read. This is an ad. I once got a gift of Omaha Steaks for Christmas. And it was delicious. I cannot deny that. And the holidays are here. So let's achieve gifting greatness. When you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide Plus, use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals 
that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Look at that. Gotta love Omaha Steaks. Gorgeous. I was just thinking of Gino Thorpe. Remember Gino? I'm familiar. He, I thought he was a dog, played six games, left the program. And it was making me think of guys who left the program, either transferred or whatever. So I want to take a little gander at guys who have transferred away and see how they're doing now. Um, because it was just something I was curious about. And okay, uh, I'll throw up a picture of Geno Thorpe for those who don't remember him. He was a third school transfer, came from USF, first at Penn State. Um, I was a huge fan of him. There he is, number 30. Big Pirates fan from the look of his tattoo. Uh, but left the team. Now, it makes me think of guys like Quincy Garrier, uh, who is over at Oregon now. He's played nine games this year, started all nine, 10 points per game, uh, four rebounds, doesn't pass, doesn't play much defense. Um, his numbers are worse than they were when they were when he was at Syracuse. He scored 13, 14 a game when he was at SU, eight and a half rebounds per game. He still shot the three, not as much as he does now, but still did. He was developing that shot. Guy like him would be lovely to have right now, but I don't think he liked playing for Bayheim or for Syracuse. I think he really wanted to get out, uh, yeah. but numbers I think are that's, worse. It's evident in such a, it seemed like a linear transfer. Like he didn't really get to that much better of a school or that much worse of a school. Like it, it seems like the equivalent in a different location, which tells me a little bit. I also look at, you know, a guy like Kadari Richmond, who everyone looked at with, you know, such high expectations. You could say he got put in the doghouse too early. Uh, and, and that's what sort of brought him to, to the transfer after a year. Is it, that year. Could, the conversation surrounding Richmond, I think there are so many differing, uh, opinions about it. Some people thought yeah. he was going to be in like insanely good. Um, yeah. I thought he was really, really good. He was a really good player, averaged a, a steal and a half per game, still does now at Seton Hall. He started eight games this year of eight. Uh, he's re- he rebounds the ball well. He never really shot the ball well, still. He's okay shooting the ball. He's actually shooting 44 from three this year, but only shoots about one a game. Um, he's been. He's gotten better, but I don't think he skyrocketed into the star that I think a lot of people thought he would be. Though at the end of that season, he should have played more than he did, and he was mad that Bayheim didn't let him shoot the three. Uh, yeah. Bayheim, I think Bayheim, I think he was more right about Kadari than people like to admit. Though I think mm-hmm. Kadari should have played more. Uh, yeah, and I will Kadari say... at the top of the zone for the grand majority of a game would have been better than Joe on defense. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, at six six, that the length at the top of the zone is is something you definitely miss, regardless of offensive output. Uh, but I will when he 
you know, decided to transfer at the end of that season in 21, I don't think anyone was really shocked. But this was the guy, like sometimes you you lose a guy like, I don't know, Bobby Braswell, and you're like, oh, you know, do your thing. But Kadari was a guy that I was very worried was going to be the he transfers and pops off and becomes a dog and becomes that guy for another school. The production's improved, not as much as I think I anticipated, seven and a half points a game so far this year. Uh, he started all eight games for Seton Hall at this point. I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be a lot worse when I look at those stats uh, and I looked at him leaving. But once again, you know, it's a guy that you wouldn't hate to have. And I think Kadari transferring is what opened the door for Symir coming in. I don't necessarily think Symir transfers in if Kadari stays. Yeah, but I'd rather have uh, so Kadari sort of. I, I sort of look at that as the trade-off. No offense to Symir, I think I take Kadari over him, and I don't think so anybody I. is, uh, you know, questioning that decision. But, you know, it's a guy that you, you would take over Symir in terms of the ability to score offensively, uh, that length at the top of the zone. Both are, you know, going to be present the skill sets to be solid defenders. Uh, but another guy <laughs> that that you look for, and you know, there's a bunch of lesser names as well that have transferred out that. Are doing okay, not really. No one's the Bobby Braz one huge is a really interesting case because he left because I don't even know what Brad and I used to talk about that on the pod um over the summer, and it's a, just a weird case because he left maybe because he didn't play enough, and then he went to Charlotte and didn't even start half the games last year. He started 10 of 31. This year hasn't started a single game, so it's not like he's playing way more or something. I mean, he's getting more minutes. Actually, yeah. he's getting 12 minutes a game this year. Guess what he got in 21? 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Say it. And he's doing it in the Conference USA now instead of the ACC. So, Robbie, Bobby, I loved you. I don't know why you left. Um, obviously, there's about, a bunch uh, of other names out there, too. How about Jalen Carey? Jalen Carey I was looking at. He never turned into the star that a lot of people thought he would be. He was a huge recruit coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. at URI now in Rhode Island, the A-10, six points per game, couple rebounds, comes, couple steals. Comes in off the bench. Only plays, he's only played in three games this year. Three games. Last year played in 24 games, didn't start a single one. How about Bryson Goodine? He's playing at Fairfield now. He transferred from Providence. He transferred from Syracuse to Providence, played two years in Providence where he didn't score more than two points a game and didn't play more than six minutes a game last year, didn't start a single game, and now is playing at Fairfield, and he's not starting. At Fairfield. Yeah. So maybe Beheim was right about him, <laughs> about a lot of these guys. How about Frank Anselm, who's at Georgia now? He's playing really similar minutes than he did than he did last year. Um, I think a lot of these guys think the grass is greener when it's really not. Um, and this isn't just to defend Beheim, to be honest. This is just because I thought of Geno Thorpe and I got curious. Um, but anyway. Hit us with a it's Bill interesting Barr ad to see. Yeah. And then we got to hit predictions. We do have to hit predictions. It's just interesting to see, you know, when, when these guys leave and we, you know, think it's a Bayheim thing. Hindsight, right? Yeah, he hasn't been that far off in terms of the minutes these guys deserve and the production that they can get. Uh, as much as a number of people don't always want to hear that. Uh, when when putting a narrative across, right? So interesting. 
definitely, and something that we can definitely return to and keep an eye on as we uh, continue throughout the year. Uh, but let's talk Built Bar. Can we pause the pod? Great. You got to try this. It's Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, the cookie dough topper, the coconut brownie bar, and the coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff built bars or puff built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. For anyone who hasn't tried built bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. Just 130 calories, bones. Sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There'll be a time before you tried these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite An unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all so different. So you can order a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself built. You got to try this, get 15% off your order right now by using the code locked on 15 at built.com. That's locked on 15 at built.com. Ooh, built. All right. How about this? You eat an Omaha steak, and then for dessert, you have a built bar. Look at that. Holy protein. <laughs> All right. Let's talk predictions. We decided from this episode on, we were doing spread only. We are no longer going by uh, points because basketball points are dumb. Um, Bet Online offers 60, Syracuse by 16 in this game, um, which. What? Eh, I don't like that number. You don't like that number? What don't you like about it? Uh, you know, if either one Syrac- of us is a is a betting smart person, it is not me. It is him. I appreciate that shout, but I keep giving picks on this podcast for Thursday night games, and I am never right. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't take my advice either. I would say I'd like Syracuse to cover that. Honestly, I I do think this is a game where Oakland is that bad. Like, they're a terrible basketball. They should win this game by 30 points. They should win this game game handedly. When you look at Ken Palm, I mean, for those of you that don't have Ken Palm, it's tiered off in terms of, you know, the go-to guys, the major contributors, and all the way tiered off to, like, role players and limited roles. The only go-to guy on this team is Lorne Bowman who plays 16% of their minutes, which is like, I don't know, six or seven minutes a game. They don't have a big-time name. They don't have a guy that's going to come out and really torch you. Jalen Moore kind of is pretty good at the guard spot. Senior uh, presents you know, the main experience of their big-time players and, and guys that are going to play a good amount of minutes. But I, I don't know you know, who, who can torch this team. And obviously that's a recipe for some no name to come in, get hot from three and drop 25 against Syracuse in what ends up being a five point orange victory. But I I really do think I, I look at this team and I look at the opportunity that it presents Syracuse and it is a game that Syracuse should win handedly and you should get the bench and, and guys that you're looking to see you know, and I hate to throw them into this pot right now, but a guy like, you know, Malik Brown and 
guys like Kudir Copeland to get some run towards the end of this game. Peter Carey to get some run at the end of this game, stay fresh, stay with game time, you know, experience against a non Syracuse squad, right? Outside of practice minutes. I I think that's what you're going to get in this game. And I would be shocked if that's not the case. Ken Palm's got him by 17. So I'm going to rock with that. And I'm going to say that Syracuse covers in this one. They win this game by at least 16 points and they go above 500 once again this season. I hope so. I'm looking at their, uh, at the points per game for them right now. You know, Trey Townsend averages 16 Keaton Hervey with 14. They, they got a lot of guys that average about 10 points a game, 10 to 15 a game. No one really jumps off the page. I got a couple guys that have shot the three well. Uh, two guys at 40-plus percent. Is that worrisome? Slightly, but not really. I mean, they're, they're, this team is getting torched in basketball games against any team that you could think of that ends in the word state. Uh, we were talking as we jumped in on Ken Palm earlier. Yeah, they've played a lot they of lost states. lost Long, Long Beach, Beach State, State San Jose states. State. Missouri State, Cleveland State, Oklahoma State. Uh, they, they lose to states all day long. Uh, and, and this is a team that should give Syracuse no issue whatsoever. All right. Well, we both think Syracuse wins. Do you think they cover? Yes. All right. We both take think they cover. Don't take our advice as gambling advice because that is not what it is. Um, but that does it for your Tuesday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Go make your second listen to Lockdown Sports Today podcast. They got a lot of great stuff going on over there. That's free and available wherever you get your podcast, as are we. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow. That's upside down. <laughs>